0: Welcome to Rise Smile Films, the film review podcast that mixes cinema with fine spirits. Journey with us as we encounter new, old, and strange films with the occasional dabble into sports and music. Proceed with caution as these podcasts feature spoilers and some mature language. This is Matt. And
1: this is Jesse. Today on tap, we have Black Panther starring Chadwick Boseman, Michael B. Jordan, Lupita Nyong'o, Martin Freeman, Letitia Wright, Winston Duke, Angela Bassett, and Forrest Whitaker. Written by Ryan Coogler and Joe Robert Cole, and directed by Ryan Coogler. Welcome back to Rye Smile Films. It's the end of the spooky season and into November, and now it's time to open up a whole brand new cast. This one kind of built all around the King of Wakanda himself, and this is going to be a lot of fun, celebratory cast, but a good time to go back and rewatch some of these old Marvel Cinematic Universe films Remember when some of these movies were good, Matt? <laughs> I do. <laughs> when they built a world in there that hadn't been seen before and it mattered? Yeah. It's, I can't wait to talk about some of that. But, of course, we're going to be talking about Black Panther from 2018. This was a huge film when it came out. When we, We'll kind of get into the numbers. As I was doing some research, just some of the box office like metrics that it had. for. Week. It came out in February, which is kind of genius, right? It's yeah. kind of a dead month. Uh, for for releases, and it kind of just coasted all the way until, like, honestly, until Infinity War came out in May. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll talk a little bit about the numbers, uh, the film, the accolades, and one uh, Mr. Chadwick Boseman. I think we'll be singing his praises a lot during this episode. Yeah, But uh, we're finishing off, uh, polishing off uh, a bottle we had with our Slasher cast. This is Davis County. Um, oh, my God. Do you want to finish that? Today? No, no, no. It's, it's going to be an
0: interesting last 15 minutes on the
1: podcast. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. But, <laughs> it's yeah. A lot. The Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey finch, finished in French oak casks, mm. 96 proof. This uh, has been a terrific bottle. It's been a really good one, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you get that little sweet hint of almond in there? Little almond? Like, where it's you got the subtle sweetness, but then I can kind of taste that that oak where this, this thing was gestating into. yeah. It's a good taste. And like I said, I think that they had a, f- a few different types uh, as well. So we might have to come back to this cask uh, uh, as well in the
0: future. So before I get into it, can I do a plug for a company that in no way sponsors us as yeah, all go but ahead. we both love? Do it. I was laughing this week yeah. at Dr. Squatch. For those of you that oh, don't yeah. know, me and Jesse are both big fans of Dr. Squatch. And if you haven't tried the product, I can't recommend it enough. And that's unsolicited i just it's advice take it
1: it's great uh it's it's really great soap or great sense uh it's completely transformed my hygiene routine where i used to use in the past a lot of like shower gels yeah. and a lot of stuff and i've really cut out a lot of that to just using these soaps but That's i know all i use now i know where you're going with this so
0: i think the company was created with a brilliant marketing plan yeah and I used to laugh like, gosh, I think they tailored this just to me. This seems to be working just me, which clearly it wasn't. Mm-hmm. But then when they put out the Justin Herbert bar, yeah. you know I bought that. Yeah. And then this week, mm-hmm. I asked my wife, I said, if Dr. Squatch is going to put out another bar that was tailored to fit my needs, mm-hmm. what would it be? And she's like, I don't know, coffee or the Islanders. I'm like, haha, that's pretty funny. They already have a coffee one anyway, but what else? And she's like, I don't know, Spider-Man? Sure enough.
1: Spidey Suds. <laughs> I bought the three pack too. I did too. <laughs> I had to. I've never
0: in my life been so fired up about soap.
1: Yeah, y- you and I are in an interesting predicament right now where we cuz this is a sus- way over soap. It's a s- subscription-based <laughs> soap company. Yeah but they do these special releases so we get in on that on top of the boxes we're already getting like you and I are collecting soap now but it's oh my god I've got to be like 50 bars in dude <laughs> it's awesome it's it's really good and they all smell great like there's honestly not a bad bar of soap in there even the ones that sound like eucalyptus like goat milk I'm telling you it's a great bar of soap that's probably my least
0: favorite one but that's better than any lever or dial or anything I ever used also absolutely I, I got big into
1: uh, you like gr- that cold brew cleanse didn't you that one's great uh, the grapefruit IPA mm-hmm. I, I got in on that new summer citrus which mm-hmm. is excellent and i'm not a big coconut guy but they did a coconut castaway which is pretty great more of a summery scent yep i got really big into before uh you turned me on to mr squatch the duke cannon mm-hmm. have you seen those products and they yeah. they specialize in what they call big ass brick of soap which is like as big as my head really but it didn't it was almost kind of like a soapy film that it would leave on your skin and it would mm-hmm. really dry it out and their shower gels were like they smelled good, but they were just, like, really kind of intense. Um, so Squatch squatches on to something really cool. So, Yeah, and the, they do such a good job with the
0: releases. So at Halloween, they did Brick of the Dead, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. And then I just busted out the Werewolf Wash this week. Yeah. That's even more amazing. That was good. The Star Wars stuff that they do. Actually, I'll be honest with you, I haven't even burned through the first set that I bought from Star Wars Edition 1. Yeah. Star Wars Edition 2, just from smelling the bar through the package. Mm-hmm. I think is even better. Yeah. Ray's resistance is a good little bar of soap. <laughs> it, the one that kind of gets killed on that is that wisdom wash. I mm-hmm. think that's the Obi-Wan one. The no, blue the, one. I
1: think that's Yoda. Yoda's wisdom. Uh, wash.
0: What's the Obi-Wan one? Whatever that one is. Yeah. The Ewan McGregor mm-hmm. one. A lot of people didn't like that because it's kind of clay and chalky and kind of earthy. I like that one too. So what, I guess what I'm saying is they're really smart with their marketing. And if you've never looked into it, and even if you're not a guy,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I don't think these are just traditionally male sense. No, no, no probably pine tar is yeah but fresh falls summer citrus and i like that fresh falls a lot Mm -hmm. eucalyptus spearmint um the basil one take a look into it yeah seriously unsolicited Mm. you won't go wrong
1: i'm glad you brought up this because i thought about you and i was like i know matt's buying this yeah because as i'm clicking buy three bars of spidey soap yeah they, they must be getting into talking about today some sort of like we, uh, Marvel release too. So I, Spidey's going to be the first of, I think many yep. hero releases. There might be some black Panther soap in there coming out in the near future to that, to the Do soap, that. to being clean. Yeah. Drink to your soap. Uh, let's uh, dive right into our flight question. He's got a pretty good little theme, doesn't he? Sure does. <clears throat> we'll talk a little bit about that Academy Award winning score a, a little bit later. But uh, just talking with this episode and, you know, the great Chadwick Boseman and his role. And we'll talk about his performance and his character and his arc in this film. It was something that really jumped out at me in, in this rewatch. I think I told you last week I, I saw it in the theater when opening weekend and then now. Mm. Like I haven't seen it in between then. I don't, I don't know why I was just I just didn't get around to it. Yeah. Um, but great casting. He, he really fits and embodies the character. And then we'll talk about the stuff that kind of off screen, his health struggles while making all these films is even more admirable uh, as a professional, just mm-hmm. working through all of that. But we'll talk a little bit about that later. But a great casting. So Marvel's really hit it out of the park with a lot of their castings for their heroes department. And I had to look mad if, if I was like, have we done this question before? But we've actually done the villains. Best villain casting. So, mm. this is for the hero side of things. The rules are best hero castings in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. No Chadwick Boseman. And you can't use Mr. Robert Downey Jr. because he'd probably be number one on both of our lists. Probably would be. Uh, so, we'll do 332211. Who's your number three? This is a little bit fudgy
0: on the hero piece, mm-hmm. but I think mostly she's a hero. You know where I'm going? Yeah. Elizabeth Olsen. I loved the Scarlet Witch and I was so happy when I heard that that was going to be included in the run of Avengers that we saw. There's so much story to get into with her from her origins to where she sort of fits on the spectrum to crazy love triangles to just the unrecognized power of what I would argue might be the most powerful character in the Marvel universe. If she could ever figure out whatever this hex magic she has is. Yeah. I know Elizabeth Olsen has had some comments about how busty she is. And truthfully, the Scarlet Witch is presented as a pretty busty character (coughs) in comicdom. Yeah. And she's going to come out and said, you know, it doesn't have to be plunging this and and cleavage this and cleavage that. That being said, I think she's handled all that really well. And I think she plays, might I say stoic? Yeah. Especially the latter portion of after Vision and and Wanda, after WandaVision. Mm Mm-hmm. The stoic piece in her, excellent. Um, yeah, that's my number three. That was tough because there's a lot that could be not included or number one, depending on the day. But I really do like her in this. And I do find myself, when she's on the screen, mm-hmm. paying a little bit more attention to her than I do the rest of the characters because I think there's so much untraversed territory with what can still be done with her, not in st- only storydom in the pages, but
1: also on the screen. She's going to show up on my list a little bit later, too, but oh, it's, a, it's a great choice. Thanks. I, know, I really tried to approach this from a perspective of, can I see anyone else playing that character? And for actually a lot mm. of Marvel's castings, I could actually see other people playing a lot of the major characters, really. I don't feel like everyone's like really germane uh, to their part. I feel like if another actor was there, I think we would have been pretty okay with it. But there's a few that I'm like, yeah, maybe not. I wouldn't be okay with it. Mm. And my number three uh, is an odd choice, but I think, you know, his acting talent and the humor he brings to the character is something I never would have thought of that. This actor kind of had in his repertoire and it's Dave Batista's Drax the destroyer. Oh my God. Yes. You know, the wrestler, uh, fighters, you know, boxers to actors is, you know, the rocks a rare exception, right? I mean, there's not a Roddy Roddy Piper. I mean, right. Okay. Um, so it's hard. It's kind of a hard transition because they're entertainer first, actor second, right? But I don't know. It's, it's James Gunn's screenplay, but it's Drax's natural deadpan delivery that like brings that character to life. And... I remember when, you know, the guardians first got announced and we were like, well, everyone's going to be talking about the Groot and the rocket. I was like, I walked away from that movie and I was like, that, that, "Drax was maybe the best character of that movie. Mm-hmm. And then into part two. And then in infinity where he doubles down some more and yeah. his little tiny smidge part in Thor love and thunder was just enough of a tease to remind me how truly great he is at that, at that character. And, I don't know if I could see anyone else really playing him that would kind of had that deadpan. It was like if Leslie Nielsen got to play a Marvel character. Oh, my God. That's perfect. He yeah. was like a wrestler, right? Mm-hmm. And I know the line that kills us is in volume two <laughs> when they'd have like the, the, the heroic hero 360 shot and then Mantis <laughs> gets hit with some debris and then like four seconds later he goes, Mantis, watch out. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. And all this stuff with like, ah, oh, my nipples, like it, his much needed humor, but then heart too. I mean, all the stories he tells about how his family got wiped out yeah. through all those films. I mean, he's not just humor. He's like a really kind of stoic, deadpan, emotional weight to the guardians, right? That's so good. I'm excited to see, see him one more time in volume three coming out next year. Are you excited
0: to see him in that Shamilan film?
1: I don't know what to make of the the, the, the new M night. Right. Yeah. I'm sure we'll dive into, into that. Uh, but that looks wild. It does. But to talk about Dave Bautista just a little bit, I thought he was really great. He had a really tiny part in the opening scene of blade runner 2049. He played a Mr. Hinks, the heavy inspector. So like, and he's going to be in the new knives out too, glass Mm -hmm. onion. So, uh, He's kind of making his way through just many different little roles. And I think there's there's some talent there. It's not just entertainer. He's carved
0: himself out a really nice role. There's mm-hmm. no doubt about it. Good choice. Number two. Paul Rudd. Ant-Man was going to be tough. Yeah. Part of this is the yeah. writing, so let's be honest about what the material was he was given to work with. Mm-hmm. It's sort of hard not to take that character with a grain of salt or humorously. And I think Paul Rudd, for his own comedic stylings, which are different than Dave Bautista's, He's not deadpan. He's a little bit more witty and clever and self-deprecating. Yeah. I think he kills it. Yeah. I couldn't think of a character, honestly, other than my number one, which I'm going to give you, that I cared less about than Ant-Man. Yeah. And we talked about, oh my God, Mm Ant-Man. What's he going to fight some mean cockroaches? and They've done such a good job with that, but they've done such a good job with that because he has, and I'm not even going to give credit to the rest of the Pim Van Dyme cast that he's with, he has good chemistry with just about anybody. Yeah. Whether if it's Clueless or Role Models mm-hmm. or wherever you want to go. And you know, you and I both have a story about Role Models, which would give me a lot of reason not to be a Paul Rudd fan.
1: Oh, we've, we've done, um, <clears throat> I Love You Man on this podcast. Yeah. That's yeah, a great example.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm. He's just, I guess I really like Paul Rudd. Yeah. Um,
1: what had American summer? <laughs> yeah,
0: maybe, yeah. maybe my favorite comedic actor currently working. Yeah, and I think Ant Man's terrific. Uh, even movies that are a miss, like Ant Man and the Wasp, that movie is still rewatchable for me because he has such good chemistry with his little cadre of thieves.
1: Oh yeah, Michael Pena. And Michael Pena is so okay. good too. <laughs> but it's Paul Rudd. Yeah. That's a good choice. Thanks. I, I danced around that one a little bit too. And some honorable mention yeah. uh, nods to Michael Douglas and Michelle Pfeiffer. I think though that's some pretty good casting there too is yeah. Hank and, and Janet, right? Yeah. My number two is Elizabeth Olsen. You you mentioned it a, as well. But the thing that always kind of tripped me up with her character is she, it, it almost like she could never quite decide or the director or Feige or whoever the hell are we doing an accent or we not? And it kind of comes and goes through some of the movies. Like it's in age of Ultron, but it's kind of not in uh, civil war. Like it's kind of, it's kind of hit and miss, but the intent and the performance with the character, I think is there from the beginning, right? Mm -hmm. Losing her brother and all the Sokovia stuff and blaming Stark and then being the cause of the whole civil war fiasco really uh, to infinity war and being right there at the, threshold with thanos and having to kill your lover and all the Wandavision stuff like and then she was really the strong point of into the multiverse of madness for us like seeing her being like the revenger right uh just really cutting loose and just being a monster Mm -hmm. such a just a roller coaster it's been with that character but she's been so good in it like it's i can't imagine anyone else really playing that character and I don't know if I, I've, I haven't really heard of any like alternate castings with that one. I'm sure there is, but I think they really nailed that one with her. And prior to that, I'd seen her in a few other films, Silent House, uh, Martha, Marcy, May Marlene, that kind of cult movie with John Hawk. She's really good in that. Uh, no, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really good casting. And I don't think we're done with her yet. I think, I think we've got a few more films to flesh out and bring that character even more full circle.
0: If all that stuff that was mentioned about Mephisto and the underworld and all that comes true, she has to play a role in that. Mm -hmm. Good choice. You know, I love her.
1: Yeah. Number one. Number one.
0: I said before, I couldn't think of a character that I cared less about than Ant-Man until I got to this one. Okay. For me, the number one is, and it could easily be my number one that I'm about to tell you could be easily replaced with the honorable mention that I hope you'll give me. Okay. Which is only slightly more interesting than Ant-Man. Okay but the character that I thought was le- less interesting than Ant-Man was Doctor Strange. Yeah. Benedict Cumberbatch, and maybe it's him because he's so good, whether he's Sherlock Holmes or Khan, Khan or the yeah. guy that figured out the um, Enigma. Oh, Alan Turing. <clears throat> Alan Turing. Gosh, come on, Matt. Goddamn, he's good in that. Mm-hmm. Again, a little bit of humor, and I think he really showcases his acting chops at the beginning of Doctor Strange 1 Yeah, when he's talking about flugelhorns and I kind of think that is Benedict Cumberbatch not in that presentatious self aggrandizing way that he sort of gets broken down and turned into a shell of himself to be rebuilt Mm -hmm. I just think find that guy to be really interesting every role he's in I buy it the performance is always solid he has an ability to take what's happening on the screen and highlight it instead of stealing it yeah Johnny Depp gets on the screen and he steals the action. Benedict Cumberbatch gets on the scene and he plays in the action to make what the story is telling even more better. Even more better. I don't think that's proper grammar. Better.
1: (laughs) Don't talk to me about grammar. Just better.
0: (laughs) Yeah. He's
1: my number one. Great choice. Thanks. Is
0: that your number one too?
1: It's not my number one and I kind of purposely didn't pick it because I kind of thought you were going to lean that way. Yeah. But no, I agree with you. And through two strange films and Infinity War a Spider-Man, no way home. We've seen a lot of that guy and like just how he's transformed and his personality. And it's dangerous. Cause he could almost kind of become Tony Stark 2.0, but like watching them go tip for tat in infinity war mm-hmm. is such a joy. It's smart ass versus like, like deadpan, like serious, like almost a smart ass who's able to kind of give it back to him. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, Great casting. I know Joaquin Phoenix was kind of in the running for that role and was really close, but...
0: Doesn't Joaquin Phoenix, and maybe it's just the Joker. Yeah. Doesn't he just have villain written all over him?
1: A little bit. I'm In an alternate blockbuster, I would like to kind of see what a Doctor Strange Joaquin Phoenix would look like, but ah, it's kind of hard to not see Cumberbatch, right? Mm-hmm. It's the facial hair. I mean, he's got the whole look down. It's it's really perfect. Yeah. Uh, let me do my number one, and we'll do some honorable mentions. My number one is kind of a little bit of a cheat, um, because I don't think Feige was necessarily involved in the casting, but it is a Marvel Studios thing, and it's officially Marvel Studios proper now. I got to go Charlie Cox's Matt Murdock Daredevil. Yeah. And I know the Netflix stuff was kind of its own separate thing that wasn't really canon, or who could even keep track of that anymore? But he's in No Way Home. He was in She-Hulk, and we know he's getting his own television show. Mm-hmm. 18 episodes of Daredevil Born Again. Sweet. Oh, my God. If I... If it's
0: the Mysterio story, like traditional born again, I can't
1: wait. I hope they get into some Shadowlands stuff myself. Mm -hmm. But I've read a lot of Daredevil, Matt, from the 63 Mm -hmm. stuff. I've read all the Frank Miller things. He doesn't, on the surface, you know, Charlie Cox with his weird receding kind of hairline. He doesn't really look like Matt Murdock in the comic books, but he embodies that character so well. Mm -hmm. The first time I watched Daredevil, I had to like look up. I was like, is this guy really blind? Like, I, I thought he was. Yeah. He just embodies everything that I really like about Matt Murdock, the law and order and justice and the brutality of what Daredevil represents, the devil of Hell's Kitchen, right? Mm-hmm. I think that was great casting of a actor. I, I didn't even know who that was yeah. prior to his arrival, right? Nor did I. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm curious to see because, you know, I think Daredevil is going to play a pretty important role in this multiverse saga going forward. Right. I think he's going to be a very, him and Spider-Man are going to be pretty important linchpins. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so too. But that's my number one. I think, I think that's, I think that's really good casting on their part. And we can see where Daredevil casting could go wrong. Mm -hmm. Ben Affleck's a disaster. He is. As the character. So I think that's one you really need to hone in on. You know, I didn't want to pick like Tom Holland. He's great at that character, but we've seen uh, two other great Spider-Men, right? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, Chris Evans is Captain America, like, he's good at it, but, like, Krasinski was in the running for that character, too. I think he would have been a pretty good Captain America. So uh-huh. uh, I think Daniel Craig was maybe in the running for Thor with Hemsworth. I could maybe get behind a, a Daniel Craig son. I think mm-hmm. that could be pretty cool. So I didn't really go with a lot of those guys because I thought, you know, a lot of them, I could see other people playing them, except Downey, who in our non-rules list is – he's my number one, right? Yeah. He he, he is Tony yes. Stark. And it's, it's, it's scary how great he is at the character. Who's your honorable mention Hemsworth.
0: Yeah. I, I, I could see Daniel Craig doing it too, but I think it's weird as I'm sitting here and you know, I'm not the comedy guy here. I have, you know, I love Drax Yeah, and that was going to be, I didn't pick Drax because I thought there's a good chance you were going to do that. And if you weren't, then I was going to mention him in the um, honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. I love that character. Yeah. Thor's pretty funny. Drax is pretty funny. Spider-Man's pretty funny. Yeah. Ant-Man's pretty funny. What's going on here? Yeah. Am I a liar? Do I really like comedy? Maybe you do. <laughs> Maybe I do.
1: Uh, I think Paul Bettany's pretty good casting yeah. is Vision. Really robotic, right? Stoic. Um, <laughs> Be a terrible wooden actor and you can play Vision? Yeah. But well, he has the voice too. <laughs> I, I mean, he, w- he was voiced for all Jarvis. of like four movies, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that's all pretty good. Um, but yeah, that's that's the listing. Of all the things that
0: we could say about Marvel and there's been plenty of misses. Yeah. It's pretty tough to say that the casting was the problem with a single entry in that film. Yeah.
1: They have not missed in that regard at all. They're able to acquire talent. Now we it would be interesting to see if they could get one Mr. Keanu Reeves into this thing as the Silver Surfer might mm-hmm. eke into my top three right that's pretty good that could be cool yeah and like you know ryan reynolds is great as deadpool but that's kind of a fox thing it started over there and so is hugh jackman and they're they're both kind of coming back into the mcu so didn't really want to pick them with that we haven't seen that movie yet but is
0: krasinski confirmed as yeah he's reed richards i don't confirmed. know
1: it's like he wasn't that movie but like they haven't like come out with like the official here's the cask so There's so many rumors and nonsense going on. Like, I want to see the cast. Give me the cast, people. Come on, Feige. They need to let him be Reed and let him direct that. Yeah. He would kill that film. He would just... God, did you all see A Quiet Place? He gets family, man. Yeah. He gets it. Yeah. And he was good in that little tiny snippet we got in Strange of Madness. And even put what's-her-name in there? Sue Storm. Fine. What's her in... um, Oh, Emily Blunt? Put Emily Blunt
0: in there. They have
1: good chemistry. Who was supposed to be Natasha Romanoff and had she was stuck doing another movie and couldn't take the part who also could have been a good scarlet witch but yeah man i hope that they do not screw that up yeah him at least i I, whoever else they decide to implant in that thing um i i I would like to see him do it and it's like we're just gonna get another casting of reed richards too much to keep track of but great list i love your i love your list here's two love your honorable mentions did you have one uh oh yeah i said uh paul bettany Mm -hmm. as as division Well, let's go ahead and dive right in. I know we're gonna have a ton to talk about with our review breakdown of Black Panther.
2: Did he freeze? (laughs) An antelope in headlights. (laughs) Are you finished? So surprised, my little sister came to see me off before our big day. You wish. I'm here for the EMP beads. I've developed an update. Update? No. It worked perfectly. How many times do I have to teach you? Just because something works doesn't mean that it cannot be improved. You are teaching me. What do you know? More than you. I can't wait to see what kind of update you make to your ceremony or outfit. Shuri, sorry, mother. How are you feeling today, Mama? Proud. Your father and I will talk about this day all the time. He is with us, and it is your time to be king.
1: (sighs) Yeah. Talk a little bit about, you know, that introduction to Wakanda. Well, let's start at the beginning of the film. Kind of forgot how this started in kind of an interesting telling of tales of young T'Challa wanting to learn from T'Chaka about the land of Wakanda and how it, how it started. And, and I think in an artistically really unique way, uh, there's like this element of tech shown throughout the film, which is almost like, I don't know how best to describe it other than like magnetic shavings, like making the forms. Mm-hmm. And he has that kind of like radar in that first little action scene, but that's kind of what this opening is. It's it's these like shavings creating images that are telling this story of how this, Meteorite hit uh, Africa with this really rich mineral vibranium and all these tribal communities all banded together to form this one nation. And then through that, uh warrior was able to emerge from that who became the black Panther. And they lay out the whole lore, right? I mean, the, 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 the flowers, uh, the, the Panther God, uh, how they've, you know, cultivated technology and resources here primarily for their own land as Nations have fought through wars, World War II, and all of that. And what a great way to kind of start the movie. I mean, to get the audience on board with what Wakanda is, what it's all about, it's a lot of backstory. And, Matt, you know I hate text on screen. Other If it's not Star Wars, get that shit out of there. Yeah, There's nothing more lazy than that, right? Show, don't tell. I think they found a really cool, unique way through storytelling and a cool, artistic way to, in a minute and a half, lay out the whole background for Wakanda. Mm -hmm. What do you think of that? Great beginning. Yeah.
0: The ties to the Tang dynasty in the ninth century of China are, are so totally clear here too. If you want to replace vibranium with Mm gunpowder, then you have a very solid backdrop for historical precedent that revolves around two things, which is we've harnessed this terrific weapon and we're going to institute a policy of isolationism with it. Now, there's a lot of questions that that brings about, and we'll talk about that later. But let's get in, let's get out, let's introduce me to what's the crux of this film, which is the vibranium, which we have already been exposed to in our Marveldom. Yeah. And give everybody a quick, we don't need some long, drawn-out origin story. Get to the Black Panther, and let's see how cool he is. And they do it in spades. It's a fantastic opening.
1: Efficient. It's it's it's, it's really 90
0: well. Minute, 90 seconds, you said. It has to be. It's, That's it's, awesome. It's, nothing.
1: It's, it's really quick because then as the globe kind of shifts from Africa and it wields its way to Oakland, California, <laughs> then we kind of get our opening scene, right? Mm-hmm. And I really appreciated this, too, and maybe about the whole film because you and I have talked ad nauseum about these movies and how big they get, how out of control they get, and sky beams and taking over the world and destroying the world to rule over nothing. We're having an opening scene that doesn't even have any bit of conflict other than this argument between brothers, right? Yeah. This was so refreshing to me. Yep. And I don't know why they don't lean into this type of idea and conflict a little bit more. Marvel's kind of tenacity as of late is just to blow it up and make it bigger and bigger. And sometimes bigger isn't better. You know, budget-wise and globetrotting, this is a pretty big film, but it doesn't feel like it. It feels like a really personal, self-contained story for most of its runtime. And uh, I want to get to that little opening scene there, but I got a really nerdy question to ask you. (laughs) Let do the voice. Matt, Mm -hmm. what's a stronger metal? Is it vibranium or adamantium? (laughs) Great
0: question. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great question. Uh, I'm going to probably have to go with adamantium. But I think vibranium is more usable. Sure. Yeah. Here's the thing that vibranium offers. Because it's vibrate vibratory, mm-hmm. <laughs> because it vibrates, there's a malleability to it that adamantium doesn't offer. Yeah. If you think about Capped Shield and the way it bounces, uh, I believe Bucky's arm, mm-hmm. whatever other elements we've seen weaponized with vibranium in the Marvel universe, it's A really cool, completely non physically strong property scientifically that makes perfect sense. Like, I want to know just enough about vibranium so that I can see how powerful it is. I don't need to get to the genetic, like the breakdown, the molecular structure, valence electrons. I could give a shit about all that. Yeah. But if you can take these filings and tell a story with them, and then you can make a shield that essentially can stand a full blast from Ultron yeah. and then bounce off a ceiling and boomerang. Mm-hmm. But you really have something. And what else really matters is if you have something then that is that cool, it makes the claw piece of this movie, which I had sort of misplaced in my mind about where it fit in, Yeah, that much more important. Yeah, And if you go back to the historical precedent that I talk about in the ninth century with the Tang dynasty, when the Chinese walled themselves off and decided we're going to keep this really powerful element just to us, inevitably some of it leaked out. Yeah. Whether it was spies or black market or whatever. And you get that here too. So mm-hmm. with Kugler at the helm and the writing of who wrote this, by the way? Well, him and uh, yeah, Joe Coogler. Robert
1: Cole, I think, one, one a fellow co writer. Yeah.
0: Taking an, I don't know if they sat down with Tang Dynasty properties and the historical precedent so they didn't have to create something that didn't make sense and they use that. But even if they didn't, then more, the if it's all specced and not used from historical precedent, more power to them yeah. or more credit to them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I buy all that. I do too. I buy that. Of course they're going to want to steal that shit because, I mean, as, as powerful as the Tesseract was mm-hmm. and what it can do in weapons, vibranium is in just as much as an abundance. Yeah. Oh, my God. And you arm your weaponize your people with that.
1: It vibranium can cure an L5. Right. <laughs> Spinal injury. I was thinking about that. God, I wish I'd put that on my T12 and my S1. But that's, but that makes the other piece of this, which is where Wakanda is really safeguarding this resource, right? Mm-hmm. Can only be used here and under these circumstances. Makes all that morality play that much more interesting, which is if you gave that out to the rest of the world, how much diseases and injuries we could be curing with that resource right i'm gonna ask you a nerdy question okay <laughs>
0: is Shuri robert oppenheimer Ooh,
1: that's that's pretty good right yeah maybe yeah yeah the supreme inventor that you know has has all these secrets and can unleash you know an unholy evil upon the world but it also might have some benefits for like energy mm-hmm. and other resources right That's mm-hmm. pretty good Uh, I love that about this. I do too. And another thing that we can talk about too, there was two things that really jumped out at me about the screenplay and how it plays out is how incredibly Shakespearean it gets through act two and into act three, especially with the introduction of Eric Killmonger. But Matt, you know what movie I was thinking about a lot? It was was really similar. Speaking of Mr. Michael B. Jordan, I was thinking of Rocky three, a whole lot watching this movie. Can't wait, huh? Yeah. Oh, Rocky, th- Rocky three, Rocky Creed three. No, Rocky three, oh, Rocky three. Oh, Mr. T clubber lane. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hubris and not being ready for the battle. And what happens when you meet a formidable opponent who's better than you mm-hmm. and angrier than you and more bitter than you uh, your chip on your shoulder than you. Exactly. Yeah. And so I can't wait to talk about those elements, but this opening scene, you know, we cut to Oakland, California in 1992 and uh, we have a uh, Sterling K Brown, another great actor, uh, playing Najobu, who we find out is, you know, uh, he's working here kind of on, on assignment uh, from Wakanda. But King T'Chaka enters the threshold. And I do got to tell you, Sideshow Collectibles years ago when this movie came out, came out with the six-scale figure of King T'Chaka, and it was awesome. Awesome, It looked so cool, and it had, like, the, the sash and everything, and it was kind of that gold and, like, almost like pewter brown color instead of black. Oh man, I was like, "Ah, maybe I should have gotten something like that. But he comes in here all regal with his Dormalaji guards, right? And we kind of learn This is his brother. They have a very friendly exchange. Something really terrible is about to take place here. Do you want to kind of explain it? Essentially,
0: the Forrest Whitaker character, his name escapes me. Um, Look it up. Is Zuri. Zuri, Z-U-R-I, mm-hmm. is there. And an argument arises essentially over what T'Challa is going to argue with the guy that's in, um nope. um
1: Oh, Daniel Kalua. I'll, I'll get his it's name.
0: similar killed. to that too. Mm-hmm. And T'Chaka has to make a terrible choice, which is Zuri, who's unaware of what's going to happen, is about to get killed. Gabi. Wakabi, mm-hmm. if I don't step in and do something, any claws as brother over essentially what is, I mean, in the spectrum of what death, right? Semi inconsequential.
1: We don't see that element here on the on the onset. It, it's kind of revealed to right. us through flashback later. But uh, We kind of get the you sold out Wakanda. You're trying to sell off this vibranium to. We hear Claw's name right. Mm-hmm. That they're already making these black market dealings for this uh, mineral. But you know what, Matt? Najobu, Sterling K. Brown, I kind of get why he's doing it. I do too.
0: And he, here's my other question for you about this. Yeah. Is T'Chaka so naive about what's happening in Wakanda mm-hmm. that he doesn't realize that no, injobu is not the only one that's probably doing that? And secondarily, mm-hmm. if you don't want the vibranium to escape Wakanda, stop fucking mining it. hmm That's a really interesting point when we actually see the panther entrance into the cave or the mountain where the vibranium is being mined. Yeah. Why are you still mining it? You have all that you need. You're just putting more of a very valuable resource.
1: Well, it's a little greedy, isn't it?
0: Well, okay. So now we're getting to think it's certainly a a policy of isolationism, Mm -hmm. a self-aggrandizing holier than thou place for Wakanda and a bit too regal for his own good. Yeah. Yeah, and King, he admit, that's he admits that sin to to T'Challa later on.
1: Yeah. I think, yeah, King T'Chaka has a lot of faults. Character flaws, yeah. Yeah. And uh, what a lot of this movie breaks down to later, not only with uh, Najobu and T'Chaka, is their children are trying to overcome the sins of the fathers, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so this does become a father-son piece. But I, I can buy what Najobu... He's been here in the States, seeing the oppression, the strife, and... He just says, if we had this, we can fix this. We could be better armed or be better prepared to handle the normal everyday oppressions that black people are having to deal with. So I get it. I actually get it. So Mm -hmm. now we're doing that thing. We're kind of talonizing our villain a little bit. Yeah. We're building some sympathy and some pathos into why he's doing the things he's doing. I think this is a terrific opening. There's no violence. There's no fisticuffs the scene ends with the ship leaving and young little uh, Eric Killmonger. Uh, They're kind of seeing like, Oh my God, <laughs> flying saw sauc- like what's going on here. Seeing something otherworldly. Right. And then we cut to, we cut to present day, right. Mm-hmm. To our black Panther. And I guess I had forgotten this little piece one week after the events of civil war, right. Uh, King T'Chaka dies in that embassy bombing uh, courtesy of Mr. Winter soldier and all those events play out, but, that's still fresh, right? I mean, he's wearing this Black Panther moniker without the title of king yet. Um, And I like how they choose to introduce the character. Chadwick Boseman here uh, wants to go get his girlfriend and inform her in a very kind of interesting way of my father's dead. But I did want to invite you to come to this ceremony because I know how important, you know, ceremony and tradition is to the people of Wakanda, right? How they're going to do the coronation of the new king. I think I think it's great, and you know, it really reminded me how good Chadwick Boseman was as this character. Not that it's just Black Panther, but in other roles as well, whether it's Forty Two, or you know, Draft Day, or a lot of these other films that that he was in. Uh, what what a what really good talent, and I thought this was taken far too soon. Oh yeah, Forty
0: Two, I think. Do you know Feige didn't know until an hour before Boseman passed I, that he was even. I sick? believe it.
1: I think yeah. I read only. Family knew and a few other close people really knew, like maybe some friends. And I'll give Bozeman credit because you know what he kept saying
0: the whole time? Yeah. I'm going to beat this. Yeah. I think he looked at that role and recognized this cultural significance that that role had, Mm -hmm. not in Marvel, but just in in film them for all people. Yeah. (laughs) It makes me sad to think about his legacy, although it's monumental, and I might argue, Mm -hmm. culturally... That might be the most important Marvel icon we've seen on screen. Yeah, they all have their issues, and we can we haven't even got to the X Men yet in talking about the Children of the Atom and what that means with sure. yeah. mutant lists and all that other kind of stuff. <clears throat> but at this point, if he knew he was that sick, he probably could have left the shooting of this film mm-hmm. to get well. Yeah, but if he did, mm-hmm. then do we get the same important piece that that I place? I don't think so. God, it
1: it, it kills me that he got that shake. God, it sucks. Um, No, and I looked it up too because I I wanted to know. He got his diagnosis of stage 3 colon cancer in 2016. This is 2018, people. He's sick. He's sick when he made this movie and Infinity War and Endgame. And Civil War. Yeah. So to that credit, going through surgeries and chemotherapy while also trying to show up on set and be so regal and heroic is... Gosh, I don't know anyone else that I, it's never really nothing like that's really been done before to his credit. Heroic. And you can just see the charisma he has as his character. I don't freeze and the way he moves as the character, that that really agile panther-like shape. And then we get that exchange there when once the when they enter Wakanda and we do you remember Matt do you remember many years ago when we did our test run on Aquaman? Yeah. And man, we beat the hell out of Aquaman because Aquaman was stealing from Black Panther, Thor, Indiana Jones, uh, everything and everything. And when you do see the introduction of Wakanda with that great music and as they go through the barrier to this grand oasis, right? It's really cool. And you see how ceremonial everyone is with the Dora Milaje guards and his mother, the great Angela Bassett there. Uh, you see how important this 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 is to everyone and how just... How much they're going to look up to him as the the, the new face, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a few lines kind of thrown away with Daniel Kaluuya's character. A little bit later when he's like, I thought things were going to be different with you compared to your father. So Judas. Even he knows, right, that it's been a little sketchy with dad, right? It, 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 we're, the way we've done policy, the way we don't help people outside of our borders. I thought it would have been different with you, T'Challa. But <clears throat> let's talk about Eric Killmonger, grown-up version with Claw we're introduced to him in this kind of heist of some vibranium in this London museum. I think it's a really cool way to bring back Ulysses claw Andy circus. We saw him, I think first in age of Ultron because Ultron's trying to make a vibranium Ultron (laughs) that thing, right? That ridiculous movie is has so many flaws, but um, I think that was the first instance of mentioning Wakanda Mm -hmm. uh, at all or vibranium, the mineral, uh, so I, th- I thought that was you know, cool to bring him back as this kind of black market dealer. I don't know a whole lot about that character. I know he's been around for a long time and kind of a formidable adversary for him, but we're, we're kind of really here for Killmonger, and I think this is the first movie we've done with Michael B. Jordan, man. Uh, let's talk about him and just, you know, mm. especially his collaborations with Ryan Coogler. They have all been very fruitful. indeed. <laughs> yeah. You know,
0: when we're introduced to him as a young child, and we don't know that yet, but we see how he's just sort of forsaken much the same way his father was. You get a character who obviously has an axe to grind with the forces that are Wakandan and all of T'Chaka's sins bestowed upon young Killmonger. What I like about his introduction into the museum, and I'd forgotten about how violent that part is. Yeah. Is the general disregard for any life that's in his way that he has. Mm-hmm. Claw too for that matter, because he caps that guy when he, that that uh mm-hmm. when he's running away. He knows what he's after. He's entirely capable of taking down what's, you know, museum police, so not the most formidable of foes, but mm-hmm. a ruthlessness about it. But what the part that sold me this time is how he takes that mask because he said he's just feeling it. Cause the mask itself yeah, just drips of violence and war. Yeah. That is not a peaceful. We're going to do um, some sort of tribal ceremony to give us a fruitful bounty. This next harvest mm-hmm. It's for fucking going to war, man. Yeah. And in fact he is, isn't he? Yeah. His name is Killmonger and he's about to go on uh, Like if he gets his plan, he's going to war against the rest of the globe. Yeah. With the most powerful weapon that the world's ever seen. Yep. But the best part, and this isn't this isn't revealed now, but the best part for Killmonger is when he challenges T'Challa, and he strips off that shirt, and he has all of those little scars <laughs> on his body. So you recognize this dude has killed like over a hundred people,
1: maybe more. They're everywhere. Yeah, brands or scars. It's they're like weird little bumps all over him.
0: We have to recognize, as much as I can sing the praises of Chadwick Bozeman, and they are well-deserved, mm-hmm. Michael B. Jordan, all the way back to Chronicle, yeah, is a very, very, very powerful presence on screen, and he is immensely talented. Yeah, I want to pose something to you. You and I laugh all the time about, oh my God, poor you, Josh Olson, You had to write the sequel yeah. to The Wizard of Oz. Whatever could you do with that? Give me a break. What a slam dunk. Yeah. And we're gonna make this because it's called Oz. Yeah. So can you write us a script, Mister History of Violence adapted screenplay on a stupid film? Uh, no, <laughs> no. I'm, how dare they give me that? I wanted to spec some fuck off anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as formidable as that might be, or as, what a great hill that would be nostalgically. What about playing Creed's son? Yeah. That is no small task. They're as as fiery as the Marvel fan base is. Rocky has one that's equally fiery. Yeah. And you're going to come in and play the son of the second most popular character that was hated and then loved, mm-hmm. and then tragically taken from us in three, as you mentioned, or four, sorry, four. Yeah. yeah. And handled with such grace. The thing about Jordan is he can play comedy, yeah. he can play anger, mm-hmm. he can play funny, he can. About the only thing I haven't seen him in would be some kind of rom- like romantic piece, yeah. and I don't care to.
1: I'm sure we're good at it.
0: He, he's really good.
1: Yeah, I think that's a, the playing villain here. I mean, it just it works. I mean his his anger and like I said, that bitterness and resentment to everything associated with Wakanda and what he's discovered. Right in his dad's little secret shack or like his like book panels. Right, yep. uh, this is an angry guy, and I love that it's an introduction to this adult version. And we're not blowing up a stadium. We're not taking things hostage. We're not, like, blowing up a market. It's just like we're stealing some stuff from a museum and we're killing about five or six people. But you get it, right? The intent, the the the, the, the hatred in his eyes. Uh, I think it's a really great introduction to him. And yeah. so now you're just waiting for these opposing forces to collide and and when's that going to happen? But we got a few, few steps before we get there. We get this really great uh, ceremonial... Transition of power to T'Challa, the new Black Panther, the King of Wakanda. All the five tribes, including the Jabari tribe. Yeah. Even they're going to come and everyone's going to like, and I think this is pretty cool. Instead of like like this kind of regal royalty thing, instead of it just going down to each family, like each tribe can come and say like, no, 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 we, we want our turn, right? Mm-hmm. But we're going to fight for it mm-hmm. uh, with violence. And all the tribes are usually pretty amicable. And I think the costume design in this movie is amazing. amazing. Just the colors, the the set dress, the, the headdresses, all the just the, the way that they're able to kind of put it together on this kind of slope here uh, amongst the water, which I'm wondering is... I was thinking about the Atlantians and how they're going to be introduced into this world in Wakanda forever. And mm-hmm. there is a water element piece to Wakanda. So yeah. I'm wondering if they just... You know, tread a little too close into that water, right? Mm. Um, But that's coming up, and we know very little about how that's going to go down, right? But here comes the Jabari tribe and Umbaku, and they've always kind of been the outliers, right? They're in the mountains; they're not really a part of traditional Wakanda proper. But he wants a piece, right? He wants—he's like—he wants what his, and he—he kind of has some good points himself, and they get into a really good battle here, and. To T'Challa's credit, and the first step of being a good leader is don't burn your bridges, right? Yeah. And so he he bets Umbaku uh, and could probably kill him, snap his neck, stab him with the thing, throw him over this ravine. But just tells him, yield, yield. Like, we don't have to do this anymore. And he does. And that's going to actually pay off a little bit later when the Jabari tribe actually rescues T'Challa, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, If he burns that bridge and totally ostracizes the more ostracized uh, tribal sector of them, then they're just another enemy, right? Right. Then it's just another thing to deal with. And think about how important the Jabari tribe is going to be in Infinity War. It's a whole other sect of army that they're able to rely on in that huge battle. Yeah. I think that's an important lesson to learn in a step up that he's already learning a little bit more than what his dad was doing. Sometimes you shouldn't overthink it. Mm-hmm. If you're going
0: to introduce this to a tribal African nation, rich with tradition and ceremony and all of the pomp and circumstance that goes along with the transfer of power from kingship to kingship, then let's go back to another precedent that seemed to have worked. And that is the feudal noble battles mm-hmm. during the feudal period in the high middle ages in England. Yeah. You know why that works? Cause there's a blueprint there and yeah. that actually happened. So instead of trying to come up with something that no one's ever thought of because Wakanda is already that mm-hmm. let's take the simple battle for turf. And we can go from Cosa Nostra, which is another embodiment of the feudal ties in Italy transferred to modern day mafia. But if the Jabaris, the Crips,
1: the Blood, right? <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah.
0: If the Jabari tribe feels so out of place because they've been forgotten, mm-hmm. and now's our time to be remembered, I get it. Yeah. For all of the sins that T'Chaka bestowed upon the people of Wakanda, where T'chala, where T'Challa excels is right now. It would be really easy to kill your uncle or leave your nephew behind, or whatever it might, or your cousin behind, or whatever it might be. All he's got to do is roll over that right leg, and M'Baku's going over that cliff into the water. Yep. But because he's not a bad guy, because there's a piece of him that recognizes the value in a united Wakanda, and that is his theme in this, uniting Wakanda mm-hmm. under a good purpose. And what can Wakanda do? And he gives it the speech at the end of the film, I hope you have the sound on that, mm-hmm. which is him saying, Look, we all have to work together and look after each other. He lives that this whole film.
1: And he learns that this whole film too. Like I think the the discoveries of what dad did and all this secrecy and hiding things. I think he understands that's not the, the right way to do it. If you toss Mbaku over that cliff,
0: not only did the Jabari <clears throat> feel even more ostracized and want more revenge, but you've created another internal enemy. Yeah. Inside your own country, that when a new leader rises to the, the throne, yeah. you create another killmonger. Yep. So you're already seeing, even though we don't know it for the first time through on this film, what sins T'Chaka has cursed Wakanda with. Yeah. T'Challa's already making a better decision. Mm-hmm. No, and here's the truth: next time it's up
1: for grabs, who's to say The Jabari don't get it, yeah.
0: And I I mean, is this an annual occurrence that can just happen anytime you want to challenge the kingship of Wakanda, you go through this process? Maybe, I don't know. We don't really get that. Mm -hmm. But (coughs) look, M'Baku's fairly formidable. Yeah. And he gives him, he gets worse, but he gives a little bit too. So T'Challa's got to make a tough decision. Do I dispose of this enemy? Do I keep this enemy that's not as bad as the other enemy might be? And what does it all mean for Wakanda? And by simply saying, "Look, dude, if you tap out, this is done." Yeah. We get a really important setup. Or Marvel, are you listening? Because you can do it. You're proving it. Yeah. We're getting a really important setup that pays off so importantly, not only in this film going forward, yeah. but for the film that follows this, which is Infinity War. Infinity War. Yeah. It's huge. Mm-hmm. This moment, not killing Mbaku. Which most people say, well, Matt, he's the hero and the hero that that's the difference between the hero and and the the bad guy. (laughs) Yes, you're right. But make it meaningful. Yeah. I want to ask you a question. Okay. Spider-Man aside. Okay. And Infinity War aside. Was this the last great movie that Marvel made? Yeah. I kind of think so too. I mean, I'd have to look at all the dates and everything that, that followed this film.
1: You're talking about Spider Man No Way Home?
0: I mean all Spider-Man stuff. Like I think all that Spider-Man stuff. The Mysterio one's not so much, but the 1 and 3 are pretty
1: good. Yeah, I think yeah, since then we had, you know, Endgame and Black Widow and Eternals. It No Way Home was great. And then Infinity War we really like and we're really on the fence with Endgame. Mm-hmm. It's good, but then it's really just messed up, too. <laughs> yeah. You're right. This this it truly is. This is 2018. Yeah.
0: Jesse, it's been 5 years. Yeah.
1: In a three-film run from 2017 to Infinity War, they had Thor, Ragnarok, Black Panther, and Infinity War. Talk about at the height of your excellence. And understanding it, understanding the formula enough where there's some leeway with it doesn't have to be so cookie-cutter, but we can actually have some really good depth and understanding of these stories. Immediately following this fight, we do something really cool here, which is, okay, the new king now, we give you this... This flower bulb, which is going to give you all the powers of the Black Panther, this agility, the strength, all this awareness, the heart-shaped flower. But you get to kind of do this cool, almost vision quest thing, which is like, and it, I love that it's called the ancestral plane. Yeah. Not the astral plane, <laughs> right. the ancestral plane. Well, let's just call this Wakanda heaven. Okay. And it's beautiful. Nice. It's visually stunning. And this is, I think, where all the deceased live, you know, for guidance. <laughs>
3: Baba, only another one. I'm sorry. Stand up. You are it. That is not what I am talking about. I am not ready to be without you. Mm. A man who has not prepared his children for his own death has failed as a father. Mm. Have I ever failed you? Never. Tell me how to
2: best protect Wakanda. I want
3: to be a great king, Baba. Just like you. You're going to struggle. So you'll need to surround yourself with people you trust. You're a good man. With a good heart. And it's hard for a good man to be king.
1: Some good advice in there. But just about being a king. Yeah. About life. Being a father. Being a man. Uh, But underneath it all... He's still not fully telling him the truth, right? Right. So does that make this any less meaningful? I don't think so. No, I think that's a really good moment between father and son. Like, do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. Yeah. Why isn't that words to live by? Yeah. Lead by example, you know, a good man, you know, you, you can be a good king. I think he he's ready to go. I mean, he's got all the tools. He's got the power of the Black Panther. Everyone really seems to like T'Challa a lot. All the tribes, even the you know the Jabari that were kind of put out, but we're going to find later, they kind of like him too enough to save him, right? And not just let him just wash away in the river. But now we're going to kind of get into it and it's well, guess who popped up on our radar? Claw in Korea. Now we should go after him because this is an outlier of your father's reign that he was never able to eliminate right we can go put him away this black market dealer of wakandan resources let's go take him out and i i I love the the familial elements and i know angela bassett's gonna have a really huge role in this next film and she's she's got she's important here but like she was almost storm yeah yeah almost could have would have been right first choice and then passed what she'd been pretty good damn i like Halle Berry in the role but angela bassett would have been pretty good yeah but I love this brother sister thing between T'Challa and Shuri. Shuri, I love that this Oppenheimer of Wakanda, mm-hmm. but she's almost like the Q branch of James Bond lore. She's doing all the cool stuff with the tech, creating new suits that take in kinetic energy that displace it, uh, n- new shoes for him because he's walking <laughs> yeah. around in his toeless sandals. <laughs> yeah. Were you bringing your toes into my lab? Like, there's some really great humor there and some really great banter. And you know, these two really care about each other. But you get to really see the prowess of Shuri, and she's she's no slouch either. I mean, she's created some really cool stuff: the beads, the suit, the VR car that she's going to drive later—that is a real car, but she can control it from Wakanda. Sets up Agent Ross later as well, too. Exactly. do you like that? Is this yes. is this pretty good? And I know yes. very little about this character, but. Um, the whole family ties here, I think, are all done really well.
0: Kugler has to do some really important things here. He's got to introduce us to, to to Chala's family so that we have a supporting cast that we give a damn about. That is essential mm-hmm. to making a three-dimensional film. If you have one person and the rest are paper, then you have Slasher Horror and it's the final girl. Not yeah. really, but you know what I'm getting at. Yeah, Same kind of like one-dimensional, one-note kind of characters that are easily disposable. So not only do you have to give us Wakanda, you have to give us the sins of the father. You have to give us T'Challa. Now you have to give us Shuri and make us understand that she's the little sister who's actually smarter and the tech genius behind all this. And we haven't even gotten into the other one, which is Okoye and the Dora Milaje. To go that route and say, you know what really worked in Star Wars and they never really played with it was the Emperor's Royal Guard. They looked so cool. Yeah. I'm not saying that this inspired that. I'm not. No, no, no. But I'm saying I wanted so much more from those red cloaked figures than just being sort of spectrically red Grim Reapers. They do nothing. They do other than look cool. They
1: stand and then they leave. They look... exit stage left. Yeah, they
0: look (laughs) awesome and do nothing, right? So when we get all of these pieces and now, like I said, we haven't even talked about the Dormalaji other than Okoye seems to be a badass. And to Mm -hmm. that, what a great cast. Yeah. Because... I forget what that gal's name is, but she was so good in The Walking Dead.
1: Danny Gururi? Yeah, Yeah. she's
0: fantastic. Yeah. I just, it stuns me that when you try to create a world like Marvel has done, Mm -hmm. if you give the director the autonomy to see it through, and maybe it helps, I hope this isn't terrible to say, Maybe it helps that Coogler was black and he was doing the black Panther. So Kevin Feige got the fuck out of the way yeah, and just said, I think maybe you know better and I'm not going to step on your toes here for racial issues or whatever it might be. Yeah. Maybe, and maybe not, but,
1: or maybe Coogler is maybe a little bit better than we're giving him credit for. <laughs> he got
0: autonomy that the other people have not got yeah. in the Marvel Pantheon, mm-hmm. Marvel Canon. Yeah. And to his credit, whether it was, if you want me to make this movie, I'm doing it this way or fuck you. I'm walking yeah. or, Maybe Feige said this guy is better than some of these other
1: directors we've hired. So we're going
0: to give him a bit more power. Whatever it was, it worked out. And he created an important world that makes sense. And every piece of this on the first viewing, and this is about the sixth time, seventh time I've seen this. Okay. Yeah. Every time I watch this film, which is now six, seven times, I pick up another piece of Wakanda that I hadn't snapped on before. Mm -hmm. You know why? Because there's enough structure in Wakanda that Kugler and company created to keep the interest levels up. And Jesse, yeah. that's what needs to happen. Can I say one more thing? And I'll give you the mic back. Yeah. Yeah. Have you watched Andor yet? No. <sighs> okay, so I wish Kathleen Kennedy and Star Wars had gone to school on Wakanda. Mm-hmm. Because when you have Star Wars and you have so many planets and universes and other cool species that you can get... I don't want to see any more humanoids. Yeah. I don't want to see some cute little robot either. Yeah. And I surely don't want to see young precocious Leia. But if you're giving me the prequels prequel to a new hope yeah, and the team that's going to assemble in order to steal the, the, the death stars plans to blow up the star, which is a big deal need to do something more than train in the fucking foothills <laughs> with no one else around them. Yeah. Cause you know, who's not interesting. Andor. Yeah. He's just another human. Whereas you had a whole entire
1: galaxy. A whole slew, yeah.
0: Of places that these people could go through the training and the devising of this plan for whatever, the the stealing of the money that they're going to rob from the empire and what's this part of, and I'm only like episode seven in Andor. Mm -hmm. I I can't do it anymore. I fall asleep. It puts me to sleep. It is so boring. Yeah. Because you didn't put any effort into creating a new cool place. Yeah. Kugler in two hours and two minutes. That's yeah. all this is. And to that. Yeah. Think about that. A brand new world with brand new characters and he gets in just over two hours. Mm-hmm. Beautiful job, Ryan Kugler. Yeah, It's
1: efficient.
0: Does that. And there is more interesting ground traversed in two hours and maybe 35 minutes proper of time spent in Wakanda studying Wakanda than Andor has done and <laughs> Or Aquaman's done. In eight
1: hours, yeah. In eight hours. Yeah. Or anything Marvel's done in the last five years. I mean, it's 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 been a real rough ride. Uh, and this was just so refreshing to me. Uh, I know we're, we're both in, in really good territory right now, but this was a tremendous rewatch for me, not just for the Chadwick Boseman factor, but much like yourself, I'm picking up on a lot of these different factors, how they're doing world building, how they're introducing villains, how germane the story is, and it's not overly complicated and not overly ridiculous. Like, we're going to get our our next big action moment here in Korea, Busan, with uh, Black Panther, Okoye, and uh, Lupita Nyong'o. We'll we'll look up her name. They're coming in because they know Klaus showing up for this meeting with Bilbo Baggins. (laughs) And uh, he, he works with the government. He was introduced in Civil War. But... It's Kind of like a thing, it was like, hey, this is kind of our enemy, so can you let the Wakandans handle this? And he's like, no, 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 no. like, we need to question him on all these bad things he's been doing on America, on like, on world soil, uh, that week. So, even, even Bilbo and uh, uh, Black Panther, Chadwick Boseman, even, even these characters are at a rift, right? Nakia, yeah, yeah, Nakia. Mm-hmm. With wanting to share resources, right? Yeah. There's a kind of like a weird kind of like a, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Not justification. uh, What's the jurisdiction Mm. like that they're playing with here, right? And no one can kind of share or play until later when he's wounded, right? Yeah. And that's where you see the heart and soul of T'Challa really come through. It was like, well, we could actually save this man's life. It's really easy. Yeah. We get a nice battle here. This really reminded me of the action bit. Do you remember in Skyfall at that casino Mm -hmm. uh, in Bangkok? I Mm -hmm. thought it looked a lot like that. So I thought that was pretty cool. We get a little, forget the Stan Lee cameos because he's been gone almost four years now, right? Mm -hmm. But he shows up here to take T'Challa's chips at the craps table. What a a Stan Lee move. Uh,
0: Steve Ditko's "Mm in. Been there.
1: Yeah, Steve Yeah, I know what that's all about.
0: That's never happened to me.
1: Oh gosh, those two. Yeah. (laughs) Um, it's a a great little bit and then once we get on the road with the automated car and then T'Challa on the roof of the car and he's displaced do you you think that's cool this kinetic displacing suit heck yeah I don't think I've ever seen something like that before and I think what another cool technological power to give him to help him give an advantage over his enemies Mm -hmm. this all rocks I mean this is really cool it's at night so you know there's a lot working against you here the CGI factor is a light enough to see. And I think Kugler hits this action bit out of the park. I think it's a really exciting five, six minutes. Um, and I think it's the halfway point of the film. I think we hit the hour mark here and then we get claw into the interrogation. And Andy Circus is fairly ridiculous in this movie, almost borderline, almost kind of torpedoes his character a little bit, but he does bring up some interesting facts here. And I'll ask
0: them. He's right outside. Why don't you ask him yourself? What? T'Challa? You're telling me that weapon on your arm is from Wakanda? Bingo.
3: What do you actually know about Wakanda? Um, Shepherds, textiles, cool outfits. It's all a front. Explorers searched for it for centuries. El Dorado, the golden city. They thought they could find it in South America. But it was in Africa the whole time. A technological marvel, all because it was built on a mound of the most valuable metal known to man, Isipo, they called it, the gift, vibranium. Vibranium, yeah, strongest metal on earth. It's not just a metal, they sew it into their clothes, it powers their city, their tech, their weapons. Weapons? (laughs) Makes my arm cannon look like a leaf blower.
2: That's a nice fairy tale, but Wakanda is a third world country and you stole all their vibranium.
3: (laughs) I stole (laughs) it! (laughs) All of it! I took a tiny piece of it. They have a mountain full of it. They've been mining it for thousands of years and they still haven't scratched the surface. I'm the only outsider who's seen it and got out.
1: Maybe claws slightly underdeveloped, or we just don't see those elements. But I would kind of like to know how he attained all this information, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's talk about this morality piece, and then we'll we'll get Killmonger to Wakanda because that's where shit really is. Let's end in this movie. I can see why Wakanda would shelter off, cut themselves off from society because they don't want to get this really valuable resource into the wrong hands, right? Weaponize it. It's just like Wayland Utani go bring that alien back so we could turn it into some sort of a weapon for us. Right? Right. That's always where this thing leads down. And then that in the wrong hands is just disastrous. So I know I can, it, whether the ancestors of T'Chaka and everybody involved, I understand it on the flip side of that, what they're about to do here, where Bilbo Baggins is going to get shot in his L five and probably be paralyzed for the rest of his life. Right, Matt? Yeah. They put a kimono bead uh in his back to help with the pain get him back to Shuri's lab, and in about a day we're going to cure him of any potential bullet wounds and paralysis with vibranium. That in hospitals around the world could cure just about anything it sounds like, right? Mm -hmm. Why are we not sharing that? But it's a double-edged sword, right? Well, someone's going to turn that into a vibranium bomb, right? Wipe out the planet. Yep. So I get it. I get it and I don't get it. And that's where this film really excels is the selfishness of Wakanda, but also how close to the chess they're playing. And so you get the anger of Killmonger here Mm -hmm. coming up, right? I think it makes complete sense.
0: You know, this vibranium is obviously the crux of all things trouble in Wakanda, including family and economic. The question that I really left myself with after this viewing was, if this element is so powerful and I don't really think you can use it up. Just transfer They forms. keep mining it.
1: Yeah. Why?
0: Yeah. And you brought up something I hadn't even considered. You said earlier, you said greed. Yeah. For who? Mm-hmm. T'Challa doesn't want to get rid of it yet. And he's not getting, we'll talk about his emissary and, and the outreach center that he's talking about building at the end of the film when we get there. Who's driving this engine to keep mining what you have in so much abundance? It's literally crate after crate after crate you're pulling out. It's a chaka? <laughs> It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Because you're just putting so much poison in, in play. Eventually, some of it's going to leak out. Yeah. And then what? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it's an interesting question. It's not a problem with the film. It just really got me thinking, what does they, what did do they see and they continued to develop? Unless maybe, and this might be the answer, mm-hmm. if when you use it or weaponize it for energy, you use it up. It does use it up. And if that's the case, then mine away. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like as Claw as says, they're sitting on a gold mine mm-hmm. and nobody else knows it but me. And if we can just find a way to pump that vein, mm-hmm. get a little bit out, we change the world and make a fortune in so doing. All of this makes perfect sense. Yeah, All of it makes sense. You know why Wakanda wants to keep things safe. And the way the rest of the world views them kind of matters, but the rest of the world doesn't matter because t- all T'Challa has to do is look out there and say, things are a mess. Yeah. I don't want any part of the integration or the cultural diffusion that that Wakanda would have to go through to be like the rest of these awful nations.
1: Yeah. And he's seen a little bit too with Civil War, right? Mm-hmm. He's seen what super powered people, yeah. warring does to things, right? Met, fucks it all up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, it's a great conversation. It's like I, I, I understand it, and I, I, it's such a great morality piece. And this is where the whole Shakespearean thing is really going to come in because Killmonger kills Claw not before shooting his girlfriend away too. I mean, she's disposable as well. And I'm gonna take the body up to the border of Wakanda because now I know how to get there. I'm gonna take it up to Daniel Kalua and they're gonna bring him in. But now T'Challa's really concerned, right? Because he saw the, the hanging ring, right? And so he goes for answers.
3: I'm gonna know to him. Your uncle fell in love with an American woman. They had a child. The hardships you saw there. Radicalized, your uncle. I observed for as long as I could. The leaders have been assassinated. Communities flooded with drugs and weapons. They are overly policed and incarcerated. All over the planet, our people suffer because they don't have the tools to fight back. With vibranium weapons, they could overthrow every country and Wakanda could rule them all the right way. He you knew your father would not support this. Sir, so your uncle betrayed us. No. He helped Claw and steal the Vibranium. No, no, no. You will return home at once, or you will face the council and inform them of your crimes. He drew his weapon on
2: me. Oh. <laughs>
3: Your father killed his own brother to save my life.
1: Speak nothing of this. So let's redeem T'Chaka a little bit. He was willing to sacrifice his own brother to save a drone, a spy drone that he sent here on this spy mission, right? Even he doesn't want to see bloodshed for the wrong sake. So, there are some good intentions there, but man, are they going to have to har- harbor a horrible secret? Yeah, these two guys for the rest of their life. Forest Whitaker is really good in this movie. It kind of reminded me. I was like, where's this guy been? Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's really good in this, but man, T'Challa hearing all this, man, it's just it's such a gut punch to him. It's 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 upending anything he really. Thought of his father and all, all all his great rule. And however long T'Chaka was the king of 10, 20, 30 years, it's really kind of messing it up for him, right? Yeah. And he's really seeing the truth now for the first time. Hard to have the veil drawn back and mm-hmm. see what
0: your great, powerful father is really, Oz. Mm-hmm. Because he's not as as perfect as you realized. You know why this matters, though? Yeah. There's a moment in all our lives where we get to an age where we recognize that was our parents too. Yeah. When you're eight, nine, 10, because I said so, and you don't think they ever make a mistake. Yeah. You get to a point in your life where you say, God, what the hell did they do that? Mm-hmm. So for all of the things that this movie draws on that I think are part of its success for story, because story works through familiarity, right? Once upon a time, yeah. we all like that. <laughs> Because you know that there's a story coming, and that's just history and legacy and and expectation over and over in the practice of it. If you take that idea, things happen in stories that people expect, and that's what causes tension and relieves that tension, and that's why we like story. And then you draw cultural or historical relevancy with it there are so many points in this film where foreign never heard of Wakanda. What the hell is that is really accessible to the viewer mm-hmm. because it draws on common tropes that we all struggle with. I agree with this uncle.
1: Yeah.
0: Just look out there.
1: It's bad. Yeah. These
0: countries are run like shit. Mm-hmm. We weaponize these people and then we run this like Wakanda not to say that Wakanda is perfect, but it couldn't be any worse than the way things are going across the globe pretty much day by day. Yeah. I'm not some anarchist that hates, I'm not, that's, I'm not, I'm not even saying that, yeah. but in just look out there.
1: I know what you mean. Yeah.
0: So they're all right. Yeah. I
1: don't,
0: I don't vilify. I mean, I vilify him for giving it to claw of all people. Yeah. But, but that's only because that was the only game in town that was probably willing to deal
1: that knew how to deal it. Right. Yeah. It all makes sense. Yeah. It's hard to villainize. Yeah. Cause everyone has their own really bright justification. I, I, I get it. You said talonizing the villains. Yeah. Yeah, just building sympathy in. And it's they're not just like a hulking. It's not Malachite the elf who, like, whatever the fuck he's doing. Right. Or Ronan the Accuser who just wants a stone and just, like, like has a cool look or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, there's real depth here. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a villain. Like, this is Thanos-level uh, villainy where you kind of get where they're coming from. Yeah. And when you build that into your villains, I, I think it, th- everything just matters a whole lot more. So now when he rolls up into the throne room... This is where it becomes Shakespeare for me, where it's like every Shakespeare play like King Lear or Hamlet or Macbeth has like this moment where like all the characters like learn the truth for the first time, right? Mm -hmm. What do you want? I want the throne.
2: (laughs) Hey, you, the tuna. (laughs) Y'all sitting up here comfortable. Must feel good. It's about two billion people all over the world that looks like us, but their lives are a lot harder. Wakanda has the tools to liberate them all. And what tools are those? Vibranium. You, your weapons. Our weapons will not be used to wage war in the world. It is not our way to be judge, jury, and executioner for people who are not our own. Not wrong, but didn't life start right here on this continent? So, ain't all people your people? I am not king of all people. I am king of Wakanda. And it is my responsibility to make sure our people are safe and that vibranium does not fall into the hands of a person like you. Mm. Son, we have entertained the Charlotton for too long. Reject his request. Oh, I ain't requesting nothing. Ask who I am. You're Eric Stevens. An American black operative. A mercenary nicknamed Killmonger, that's who you are. That's not my name, princess. Ask me, king. No. Ask me. Take him away.
3: Huh? I found my daddy with panther claws in his chest. You ain't the son of a king, you're the son of a murderer. see <laughs> son?
2: I'm afraid not,
3: Queen Mother. What? You?
1: Hey, Auntie. That's pretty good. That's a good headline. Hey, Auntie. Mm -hmm. Oh, gosh. This is is really messed up for everybody here to, to discover the truth of the lies. Everything's really coming to the surface. And what happens immediately after this is really great, too, is... Killmonger really wants his shot at the throne, right? He's like, I have a rightful place there, too, through blood, family blood. right? And, you know, T'Challa could, with the snap of his fingers, be like, take this guy to the killing fields and just get rid of this guy. Take him out, door, right? Mm-hmm. And he says, I accept your challenge. <laughs> the good nature of him, right? Mm-hmm. He can't just kill this guy because he feels guilty for what his dad did to him. He never brought, the, he never brought the, the the child to the land of Wakanda to take care of him, to to watch over him. He grew up and lived a really hard life, a life of killing and hate and rage. And so I understand why he accepts the challenge. Right? Mm-hmm. It's it's yeah. But there's
0: no way T'Challa would say no to that. Mm-hmm. He holds the principles and the, the traditions of Wakanda in such high regard. To do that would be to. Middle finger, everything his father stood for, even in the state where he's not entirely thrilled with his father. Yeah. He has no choice because he believes in the principles of Wakanda. And to say, I'm not taking this challenger is to destroy all that. And then it kind of makes him like Killmonger. Yeah. He's painted into a corner too. And you <clears> know what? <throat> Both of these guys are also right. Yeah, At this point, Killmonger is presented as the villain, sure. But he's not wrong. He's probably right. If we weaponize these people, we can take care of this shit and get things under control. Yeah. Just talked about that.
1: Yeah. But not under... Yeah, in the right... Yeah. With some restraint. Yeah, exactly.
0: You can't snap away half the population. Yeah. Killmong- Even know you're right.
1: Killmonger's too far gone to do it properly, right? Real and fact. I think that's what still makes him villain of the movie, but I get what you're saying is like, yeah, he's right, like... Use that resource in the right places, and we can improve things really quickly. Yeah, but not this like extremist way that you plan on doing it, which is the the last third of the movie, right? Right. And yeah, and Blackie to backed into a corner. So like, "Okay, let's do it." Super fight, part one. And I love this is the Rocky three, Matt. Is is this is Clubber mm. Lang versus Rocky fight one, where Mickey has his heart attack, Had doesn't have his trainer, and you see that Killmonger's without the the power of the Panther juice. He's a better fighter than him, right? He's angrier than him. He has more at stake than royalty and he has more rage and built up, uh, anger. And you see that in here and boy, does he let him have it just like Klumper Lang just beats the shit out of Rocky in that first fight. Right. Yeah. Right. (laughs) And just hands it to him. And then instead of like, he's like, he's like, here you go. And and no mercy. We get, it's almost identical to him in, uh, um, right off the side, you go Mm -hmm. and everyone's freaked out at this point. And then so now it's Killmonger's time for his vision quest. And so he goes in, and I, I love that it's it's a vision of whatever, whatever you maybe considered like utopia or like the best visage to be. And it's it's the Oakland apartment with his dad again. What did you find?
3: The home.
1: I gave you a key, hoping
3: that you might see it someday. Yes, the sunsets there are the most beautiful in the world. But I fear you still may not be welcome. Why? They will say you are lost.
2: But I'm right here.
3: No tears for me?
2: Everybody dies. It's just life around
3: here. Well, look at what I've done. I should have taken you back long ago. Instead, we are both abandoned here. Well, maybe your home's the ones that's
2: lost. That's why they can't find us.
1: That's a great scene. It's yeah. it's just <clears throat> when he goes into the dirt there, and I'm like, well, where's he going to go? Is he going to like the African plane there with the purple amazing looking sunsets? No, he's going back to Oakland with his dad and these humble beginnings that they had. And like, this is home to him. These moments with his father learning the truth and not being able to accept it and, maybe Wakanda's in the wrong and they just, they just don't know. And it's uh, th- this is good stuff here. Mm-hmm. Like we're, 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 we're cooking with fire at this point. Kugler and crew, like they're really honing in on something. Um, and then what does he do? Like this flower, this leaf is so valuable. Cause it bestows the bestows the next King with the power of the black Panther, right? Burn it all, burn it all to the ground, which uh, what was Lupita Nyong'o's character's name. Nikia? Nikia, yeah. She takes one just in time, right? They're, they're like watching from the side there this horrible ceremony take place. So she takes one. Uh, and their plan is to go take that to M- Umbaku to like be a worthy warrior to take him away from the throne, right? But what I want to know going forward, if Killmonger did torch this whole thing, like what are they doing now in Wakanda Forever with they don't have this plant anymore? There's got to be like a workaround there, right? There's, they got to figure that one out somehow. Yeah, I mean, if they were just tilling it in the soil in that
0: um, room, mm-hmm. so be it. But I would imagine there's probably a wild version of it still somewhere okay. on the hills of Wakanda. Yeah. I hope they can get around that. Yeah, But he's flame on, right? Yeah, he's he's, he had, torches
1: t- this thing. He takes the throne, and you already see we're taking this, the weapons. We have warlords all over the world. We give this to them. We're going to really change things really quick. And everyone's like, oh, my God, like this is awful. Right. <laughs> Except Daniel Kaluuya, who's just like, yeah, this is kind of a good idea. He has, like, one guy in his corner, right, from one of the Judas. Trucks. Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: Back to your call on, uh, or or Brutus, if you want to do mm. your Shakespeare reference with uh, Etu et Brute.
1: Yeah. He has
0: a total turncoat. And I, actually, that's one thing that kind of pisses me off. He deserves a fate far worse than what he gets in this film, and he is in Wakanda forever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he sold out his his buddy essentially because one line. I thought you'd be different than your father. It seems pretty clear. You're the same guy to me and just yeah. storms off. Like what a fuck you. Yeah. Which also makes sense. There's always that guy yeah. that's unhappy with leadership.
1: Doesn't believe in the Messiah, right? Yeah. Doesn't
0: believe in anything mm-hmm. except their vision, but doesn't have any of the ability to carry it through. Yeah. So again, another really interesting character. gilmonger mm-hmm. um, has got a running mate though. And
1: it's, it's, Stark
0: contrast to who he used to be friends with, which was T'Chaka. Yeah, it is T'Challa a,
1: it is a mess. Wakanda's just like in freefall at this point. So up the mountains we go to the Jabari tribe. They got a cool little lair up here, and so Bilbo and <coughs> Bilbo, all of them, they all they all go here to like take the leaf, uh, take the powers of the Black Panther, and go take Killmonger away from the throne. They're like, we actually saved T'Challa. He <laughs> he washed up on river, and our guys brought him back, and he's like laying like an assault bed, right in a coma. And so everyone's like relieved kind of, but like he's still in bad shape. So they use the leaf one last time. Angela Bassett makes like a quick little like tincture uh, to like help bring him back. And then we get one more vision quest moment. And then this is also great uh, here.
2: Why didn't you bring the boy home?
3: Why, Baba? He... He was the truth I chose to omit. You were wrong to abandon him. I chose my people. I chose Wakanda. Our future depended- You were wrong! All of you were wrong! To turn your backs on the rest of the world!
2: We let the fear of our discovery stop us from doing what is right. No more. I cannot stay here with you. I cannot rest while he sits on the throne. He is a monster of our own making. I must take the mantle back. I must.
3: I must right this wrongs.
1: it's uh he's right it's like this is a villain we created because we decided to lie hide the truth and look what we've made now and it's wrecking havoc on our great land Mm -hmm. and i have to write this wrong i have to this is if i have one more chance left to be resurrected here in this salt uh i got to do what's right and it's different what you were ever going to do dad it's such a really powerful scene it's It's really standing in the face of your father telling him how wrong he was, what a mistake you made. And now it's time to own up to that mistake.
0: It's full ascension to the throne, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I can't do it the way you did it, dad, because although it mostly worked, there were some mistakes. I'm not going to make those mistakes again. I'll make my own. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And my son will recognize those, but (laughs) I'm not making these same mistakes again. I'm not going to forsake the world, which is now in clear trouble. Yeah. Because Killmonger has plans on taking all of it over and I don't think it's going to be pleasant. It's Mm -hmm. going to be very violent. Yeah. So now what dad didn't do some time ago by using this policy of isolationism and, you know, I guess if you wanted to say neglect when it came to, Mm -hmm. um, Killmonger, boy, this has come home and the roots that were planted years ago have blossomed into this really, really ugly, big, strong weed. T'Chaka has got to figure out a way to or T'Challa has got to find a way to save things. And, I love this screenwriting wise things are worse now than they ever were. Oh yeah. You don't even see the world the way your dad did. So you don't even have his guidance anymore. You're not the king. You barely are capable. You just got your Panther abilities back as you were essentially at death's doorstep.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Your family's kicked out of the palace. Your weapons are all over the globe. Where do you go?
1: Yeah, this is a great end of Act Two reversal recognition, right? right? Like this is solid, so solid. solid, solid. Yep. Um, so he he returns. Killmonger's like sending the, the fleet out, uh, but Okoye's like, yeah, I'm not okay with this, and she's in a relationship with Kalua, right? It's mm-hmm. like her lover is what they say. But then T'Challa comes back in all his regal glory, and he's he's ready. He's like he's like like I got it. I'm not dead yet. I didn't yield. Let's finish this. And yeah, here we go. Like. In typical kind of Marvel fas- fashion, we do get a little CGI heavy here. And Bilbo's flying a ship to kill the fleet. That way it doesn't escape Wakanda. And that's that's whatever. Um, but when we get into the fisticuffs here with Black Panther and Killmonger in the mine, right, with the train. And we realize, like, w- what's it going to take a- at this point? It's like w- when you have someone so angry and so hateful. What do you have to do to make them stop? I don't think you can negotiate with this person. No way. You do have to do what ends up happening, which is here on the monorail system, and they're fighting, and it's great. It looks really cool. And I, I really like Killmonger's, like, he took the gold suit, right, with the with the teeth. Mm-hmm. And so it's like that brown gold, almost like Dad's old suit, which read into that however you will, um, against the, the black with the silver. And he gives him the killing blow, right? He gives him a dagger right to the chest. I mean... Mm-hmm. How often do our heroes really have to kill the villain? I mean, even in No Way Home, uh, it's not like Peter killed Norman Osborn at the end. Well, they didn't let him, right? They didn't want him to go down that path. Toby didn't. We don't get this often, where the killer of the hero actually has to do in the, the 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 lesser of two evils, right? Is this a mistake? I don't,
0: I, I don't mean because of the violence. I mean because they've erased that character. Although he does have a role in Wakanda Forever, Michael B. Jordan is in it. So I was going to say, I was like. I,
1: I don't know if anyone's ever definitively dead, dead in this u- in this universe, so I could definitely see him yeah coming back to some extent. Uh, I don't think it's a a mistake at all. I think this is this is how you eliminate this threat. This is the only way you can do it. And I think yeah, there's no walking him back. There's no getting him to see
0: things in a more reasonable light.
1: Oh yeah, he's way far gone years ago. Yeah, probably was since he walked in and saw his dad all torn up in the apartment. Yeah. So I don't think you can reason with that person and there's no and to, to Chala's credit, I'll play the I'll play the little clip here, but he does say like we can fix you, like we got stuff we can cure this and he doesn't want to be fixed. Nope. It's beautiful.
2: Maybe we can still heal you.
3: Why? So you can just lock me up? No. Yeah. Just bury me in the ocean with my ancestors that jumped from the ships. Because they knew death was better than bondage. Mm-hmm.
0: So, is that your inciting instant for Wakanda forever? They throw him in the sea with some sort of vibranium or Wakandan weapon attached. Oh, yeah. Maybe the Atlanteans find it and say, this is what we need to take over
1: the surface world. Yeah. Maybe possibly. That'd be cool. Uh, but to me, that's the moment where T'Challa becomes the hero. Like it, his arc is complete at this point. He had to do win the villain in a way he probably didn't want to do. And then after all the negotiating, we can save you this and that. No, I'd rather die than be made a prisoner. Uh, now he, I think he has a deeper understanding on, on people yeah. and how they're going to interact. I, more so better of a level than his father, I think, ever had. Now he's the king of Wakanda. And they do it over this great sunset. And Sterling K. Brown earlier talked about Wakanda had the most beautiful sunsets in all the world. Like, a, I would love for you to see that one. And I like that he does get to see it right before he dies, right? Uh, it's a really powerful ending here. And... But I think the transformation is complete. Now T'Challa is, he is king again. Mm -hmm. He is the Black Panther. Yep. A learning moment. Uh, And in a similar way that he had to do in his father's brother. I mean, in a way, he did have to do in his cousin. But the stakes were ever more higher than it ever was back then. It was simpler back then. Really complex right now. But we kind of do a little bit of wrap up and stuff with Nakia and just kind of touching up with stuff around Wakanda. Um, but then we get this really great moment. Um, no, we cut to, well, he goes back to Oakland, right? And the the side of this apartment and I bought this building, I bought that one, I bought this one. And we're going to, this is the first step to opening up our borders, right? We're going to this have this be a Wakandan like resource center. And we're going to start sharing things right here where, all this sin went down, right? (laughs) It's very poignant. Right. And all the kids there are really like, man, you came in on this spaceship Bugatti and like, it's, it's all this stuff. And they're like amazed. And they're just like, who are you? And like, and he's like, he's the black Panther. I mean, he's like, he's this guy that can do a lot of really, really good, good right in the world. Yeah. What better way to do it too, than buy up all the buildings,
0: create an embassy of outreach and start the process. Mm -hmm. I love that. It's this outreach center. Yeah. Yeah. And it fits right in tune with what he has to say when he addresses whatever version of the UN or whatever this is. And he says, look, for far too long, we've been at odds. I don't want to be at odds anymore. We have some things that can help make the world a better place. Isn't it time we all started trying to do that? Not to be all touchy-feely and hug a tree and woo-woo, but there's a lot of places this movie could have gone in 2018 with how they wanted to choose to present a predominantly or entirely black nation amidst the masses of global chaos and things that go along with that. And I think it's very, very noteworthy that they took the Martin Luther King route and not some other route.
1: Yeah, it's not angry. It's more um, owning up to the mistake. And to me, it makes the the arc of T'Challa even more pronounced because now he's really doing one up on dad with... Now we're opening it up and this is what we can do with it, right? We can actually create, I don't want to say world peace because Thanos is going to come and really fuck that up. But, no doubt. Uh, with our resources, we can really improve the healthcare system. We can improve this. We can improve that. It's time to stop uh, closing things down and opening things up and working together, right? It's a message of like unity, which is really powerful. And I love that it comes from him too, right? Yeah. Uh, and he's got his own sash, like right there as this, the designate of the nation of Wakanda and I love that the parting line is this, like, some guy probably from Great Britain, right? He's like, what are you going to – what could you possibly do? And then, like, Chadwick Boseman, like, kind of, like, looks off and, like, Riley smiles at the camera. Perfect. We know what can be done, right? We've I'm seen right. two hours of, like, what this resource can do. And, yeah, I think it's going to do some real good. If it's nothing else other than fixing spinal injuries – Amen. That's worth it itself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Curing those L5s and L4s and L6s. Stick it in there. But even, <laughs> even like, yeah, yeah, just yeah, re, re, yeah, stick it in there. Energy, like, I'm sure they could do some sort of like, instead of gasoline, like Wakandan, like energy to run our cars. Like, they could do something cool with that. Yeah. Um, and then there's the, the, the tag end sequence too, because there's a throwaway line a lot later where I was like, where they're fixing a Bilbo's L five injury, right? If <laughs> this Shuri says something about like a yeah, another white guy for us to take care of, right? And mm-hmm. so they kind of double down on that again here with Bucky Barnes, right? Yeah. Hiding out in his Shantate here and they're trying to rehabilitate this kind of horrible person as well, too. I mean, he's done his fair share of disgusting. He killed their own dad. I'll say the peace of Wakanda has
0: no limits if they're going to rehabilitate this guy who blew away the first king. Yeah, exactly. So Or the last the king before. I shouldn't say first king. The predecessor to T'Challa.
1: Because to T'Challa's credit in Civil War, I mean, he's like, we'll take Bucky, right? It's like, we'll take him and we'll house him. They gave him a new arm. You're right. It's probably a vibranium, like, super arm, which Rocket wants to buy and sell to the collector, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm going to get that arm. Uh, it's a nice little tag because it, it ends, and then it says Black Panther will return in Avengers Infinity War. So mm. it's a great, like, tag into waiting another four months for that film to come out, too. So yeah. Uh, anything you want to add to Black Panther? No. I think we've done a good job covering it. So let me just mention this because, you know, it was nominated for, let me pull it up here. I think it was like seven Academy Awards. It won three for like production design, uh, music for sure, and then I think like visual effects. Um, but the money, I think, was the thing that really struck me when this film came out. Because I saw it opening weekend and like there was a crowd, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, had a $208 million opening, which I in my wildest, February? in my February, Black Panther, in my wildest dreams, I would never have thought that a film with the Black Panther could open up that high, right? Mm-hmm. That's like a Batman opening yeah. or uh, you Spider-Man. Know, Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Opening. Like those are Spider-Man numbers. No, oh, and then Black Panther. And then so I'm, I'm trying to pull up the thing here. Like God, God bless It had the biggest February opening of all time. It became the highest grossing film by a black director ever, worldwide. And then it was the first film since Avatar came out to hold the number one spot for five weekends in a row. Mm. Uh, And then uh, it didn't leave like the top 10 until like May that year when Infinity War came out. Awesome. Good run. Even the box office prowess of Top Gun Maverick this summer that we saw didn't even match what Black Panther tapped into in February of 2018. So the power that there was a want for something like this, right? Not just for like a cultural, like we wanted to see a black superhero, but like it was refreshing. Right. And I think through the last almost two hours now, I think we've really shown why it was really successful. It's a really good story at the end of the day who would have thought. Yeah how simple. Yeah, never. I yeah, never would have thought. Yeah. And so, I think I'm I'm more surprised myself and I'll save it for my rating, but I remember liking it when I when it came out and then saw the the grosses come out and was like just truly truly blown away. Yeah. And then the thought about it here and there and saw him show up in these movies. But then rewatching it like this was eye-opening to me. Yeah. Like this was this was something else. So, before we get to that, what's your favorite tasting note of Black Panther? I actually really like
0: the tribal pieces in there, and there's several of them, so trying to pigeonhole it down into one is kind of tough, but I think the initial battle between T'Challa and M'Baku is really, really cool on screen because it sets up a history with Wakanda that is done really efficiently, but left me thinking about how many battles had occurred prior to the one that we're watching and with that, how possibly violent this society is. Uh, there's so much context and depth into what is at play there. Legacy, revenge, worthwhileness, um, history. I just thought that was, and, and like I said, there's a couple of them. I think that first one, and then also like we talked about with T'Challa not wanting to pitch him over the, the side of the waterfall. It's just a really, really loaded sequence. That's five Five excellent minutes of filmmaking,
1: colorful like they like in yeah, orange yeah. and greens and blues. Like it's a, the music's really great in that. And look, locale wise, I mean that's a great scene to do that. I want to pick that audio clip I played a little bit between young Eric and uh, N'Jobu, Sterling K Brown because I didn't realize the Vision Quest, the ancestral plane, could essentially be whatever was more personal to you. It didn't. It wasn't always the same, right? Yeah. And to think that people could have different vis- visages of what was happy to them and what they lost and what loss means in this film. And I thought that was that was pretty powerful in, in this thing. And it really made the villain even more interesting than any of the villains. Like, that's always the problem with us, right? I mean, Gore had a good introduction, but then that movie just, like, totally shit the bed, mm-hmm. right? Uh, just, like, how many Marvel movies have we talked about where, like, the villain just does not live up to the hype of... Being interesting yeah. at all—it's—it's it's always surface level, and for once, and then they're—and then in four months they're going to get another villain that is going to kind of do the same thing, like and have some really good personal, personable goals. It can be done, people. Yeah, you need to watch this movie again, right? Uh, which makes me super, super curious, excited, slightly nervous, just because of Marvel's current track record. They can do that again with Namor. And that could be great, especially what they're leaning into with, like, the the, the Mexican heritage with that iteration. That could be phenomenal. Like, that, the Kugler could, like, that could be, like, lightning in a bottle again, right? Yeah. I'm I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, What's your... Oh, my God! Moment of Black Panther.
0: Gosh, there's a lot of them. What stuck out to me this time was the magnitude of vibranium that they were pulling out of that cave. When you see the Panther entrance and it's sort of purpley black lit or purple, it's backlit with purple, yeah, which I think is the vibranium shining through there. Mm-hmm. I guess I didn't realize until this time, the magnitude of how much of that resource they had at their, at their, at their disposal. If you think about what vibranium has meant in the Marvel universe and what it could mean going forward, that's a stunning amount of resources that is so consequential and succeeds where trade routes didn't. Mm-hmm. And so many, <laughs> uh, right? And so many other attempts to make a not physical characteristic, but a property, a mineral, a resource matter. Um, so subtle. But Coogler and such great informed control. Of what Wakanda and this story was, that to me this time really was. Man, that is crazy that it's that it's right there in that mountain, and the whole mountain is that.
1: Yeah, great choice. I think I'm gonna pick. I forgot how brutal Killmonger is in this movie. He just blows away his girlfriend and and claw like it doesn't even matter because that's not his end goal at the end of the day. He has bigger aspirations. So, kind of watching him
0: wax his like wipe out his
1: girlfriend's pretty rough. Mm -hmm. I I forgot how ruthless he was. Yeah. So it's a villain that has pathos, and he's a monster. Mm-hmm. Like, he's a true monster. Who's the master distiller on Black Panther? Kugler. There's a lot of good
0: players in this. There's not actually a bad performance with anyone involved, from set design to music to yeah. acting performances. Yeah. Kugler.
1: He put it all together. Yeah. Screenplay direct, direction. Yeah. It's a good job. Maybe we'll be talking a little bit about him next spring, right? Yeah. Yeah, again. <laughs> yeah. I got to give it to Chadwick Boseman. I was just, I, I was really in awe of him and the charisma he has. And then when I did a quick little search on, well, shit, this guy was in stage three while filming this movie. I mean, that's not an easy feat. I mean, nothing about this is easy. It's hard enough being in a movie and trying to be present and give a performance. But while you're going through chemo and surgeries, like I can't, I can't imagine. And no one knew. No one knew until it happened. I mean, th- th- I think that's what was so shocking about it was, like, no one knew he was sick. And he is the Black Panther. What a great performance from him. And we're going to see it a couple more times. But, man, this was his vehicle. This was his time to shine, his star-making thing. And then the money and all the accolades just proved, like, it all rested, I think, on on his shoulders for this one. I got to give it to him. I mean, he's he's wonderful in this movie. Great choice. Gone too soon. You're right. Indeed. R.I.P. R.I.P. How are you gonna rate and grade Black Panther? Rock gut, well, call single barrel or top shelf?
0: Top shelf. I'm
1: not gonna rehash what we've just gone over for the last hour and forty
0: minutes. Um I don't have a single problem with this film. There's not one of those moments that I ever want to turn away or fast forward through this bit. And no. to make matters to sort of solidify this, I watched this movie last night prepping the show this morning. And family came in. We've seen it plenty. And Wife and daughter both sat down and we all burned through it again. And if we can do film snob, yeah, 10 year old. Yeah. And I don't know, whatever version of that, my, my wife wants to play mm-hmm. and it meets the needs on all three levels for the seventh time. I don't know what
1: more you can say. Pretty it's solid. Kind of a perfect film. Yeah. I kind of came in here, you know, just on my previous notions. I only saw it once and I enjoyed it and all the accolades and everything and all the, the buzz and everything about this movie. Single barrel, like it feels pretty unique like a film, but then watching this thing and really paying attention and how everything plays out and all those Shakespearean themes and the morality play and hero and villain, Mm -hmm. this is top shelf. I um, I think Marvel MCU has maybe four or five possible top shelf films. This is one of them. That first Iron Man, I think we're pretty praiseworthy. Spider-Man No Way Home. Infinity War and a, a couple others, yeah. Uh, this is one of them. Uh, this is this was great. This was a, a a great rewatch, and I was able to snag. I remember because you know the Mondo posters, they're hard to get because uh, they make editions of like two hundred and fifty of them. Uh, the first one I got was for this movie. Oh, yeah, and I just I just got in in time, and it came out day and date release when this movie came out, and so I'm glad and proud that I own that poster because the film just solidifies that. This is a slam dunk. And I think it frustrates me more that everything we've talked about Marvel since 2019 when we started the podcast has been just so middling other than Spider-Man and okay, mediocre to just complete shit, right? Mm -hmm. The TV stuff included. I mean, WandaVision, you know, Loki, Winter Soldier, just Moon Knight, whatever the fuck. Yep that it's just in such a bad place right now when it was so good. Yeah. Really good. And here's your evidence, people, Feige, anybody that is super fear. And I'm beyond fatigued at this point. Like, Oh yeah. I'm fatigued. And I'm just like been beaten over the head with a hammer. Mm -hmm. This was so refreshing that it, it can be excellent if it wants to be.
0: I think that's saying something. If we've, I, we've probably covered 20 Marvel films on this podcast. Maybe
1: not that many, but like 10, at
0: least a handful. Yeah. 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 We've done 10. Yeah. At least 10. Okay. Yeah, we're fatigued. We haven't missed any. I'm superhero fatigued. We went and saw Black Adam last week, and I'm just tired. But this didn't feel tired. And I have to be honest with you, I went in like, okay, watched this so many times. Do I really want to prep it for the show again? I know this movie cold. Yeah, I'm gonna
1: five minutes in. It was refreshing. Forgot all about it. Yeah. I was happy to be there. I, I needed this actually. This was much needed for Marvel. Yeah. So excellent. To that, let's wrap this up with our nightcap.
0: Obviously, with Wakanda forever, we're going to fill in the question of who's going to be the new Black Panther. I think everybody sort of thinks it's going to be Shuri, but we'll see. All that aside, I'm going to give you a choice. I'm going to give you a list of three. You, In the entire MCU, you get to pick three characters that you would like to see take on the role of Black Panther. The caveat here, though, is only one of them can be a Wakandan. Yeah. So we'll go in no particular. Let's both do our Wakandans first and we'll do the other ones.
1: I want to save that one for the end. Okay.
0: Let's yeah. do that one last. Let's then. do that
1: one last. Yeah. Okay. Uh, My number three, uh, Luke Cage. Uh, You know, he's kind of been introduced and I don't know if that's canon anymore. Like who, who even knows, but like that character can still exist in this MCU. Right. Yeah. But it would be kind of cool to see some of these characters be introduced and take on that moniker. And they already have some super human abilities. Um, And that might be an interesting way. And I know now we're playing with like canon and continuity, Mm -hmm. but screw it. I mean, why can't Luke Cage be Don the moniker of black Panther? That could be kind of cool. Actually. (laughs) could be very cool. Yeah. Love it. So that's my number three.
0: Got to thinking about this a little bit in terms of repairing broken limbs and such. And I went with, uh, James Rhodes, Mr. Rhodey, Don Cheadle as war machine. Give me that at number three. Uh, the war machine costume works. You put one of those vibranium fix-it-all balls in his spine or broken limbs, and maybe we get a different version. Who knows? Maybe not. Um, certainly both characters are suit-dependent, yep. so that could also be kind of fun. Um, what is the Wakandan Black Panther suit looked with the little mix of War Machine Mark V? With an arc reactor, right? I don't know. Could yep. be cool. That's a great way to absorb energy. Mm-hmm. And disperse it that, you know, Iron Man struggled with in the early parts of his story. So I'm going with uh, James Rhodes at number three. You're number two. Great choice. Thanks.
1: My number two, a character I think they kind of threw away in a TV property that was just a disaster for you and I. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, Isaiah Bradley, I think, is an interesting character. And then, an, again, another recipient of the Super Soldier Serum. So, again, superhuman abilities and now donning the suit, right? Mm-hmm. We don't even need the flower with either of these two guys, right? Yeah. I think that could be pretty cool. And then so he has that that, that war hero Captain America moniker, right? Mm-hmm. I think that could be pretty interesting. And I really think they really kind of messed up that character in its portrayal in that t- television show. Yeah. There's something there that they could play around with. Maybe it's donning the Black Panther suit. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But that's my number two. Good one.
0: Yeah. I hadn't thought about him. That's mm-hmm. a really good choice. Yeah, For my number two, I'm going with your number three. It's Luke Cage. Yeah, uh, I like the brawny element there. And, uh, you know, it comes from a, a period in time that I think socially matters with Luke Cage's history and the heroes for hire and sort of the mercenary element. How do you put that away to be a little bit more self-serving for a global purpose? Street level Black Panther. Could have a lot of fun with that. Yeah. So I'm going to go with Mr. Cage at number two. Awesome. And that character needs something to work out. They wrecked that character. Yeah. They wrecked Iron Fist too, but.
1: Are you talking about Netflix? Those yes. shows?
0: Yeah. They're they di- ruined him. They're disasters. <laughs> but that doesn't mean he should be ruined. He's cool. And it gets a really interesting juxtaposition if you want to play with it because who's Luke Cage with? Yeah. Jessica Jones. Yep.
1: So then what does that look like? Mm-hmm. It could be a lot of fun. Awesome. Our Wakandans. Yeah. Because it's most likely coming from here, right? It has to be. At the end of the day. Who are you going with? I'll, 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 I'll tell you. Throw it I, back to you first. I'm going to cheat a little bit.
0: Because <coughs> there is a Wakandan that's not birthed Wakandan, but married Wakandan. She came up earlier, and it's Storm. Mm. I've long argued that that, is, right, the, yeah. the Scarlet Witch, is really powerful. Storm's stronger. If you can fucking make lightning and tornadoes go at your disposal wherever you want them to go, do not mess with her. Yeah. And in the comics, she married T'Challa. She's the she's the queen of Wakanda. Yeah. We talked about how can we find a way to work the X-Men in here. Yeah,
1: we got to get them in here, man. I mean,
0: Aurora Monroe is X proper and Wakandan by marriage. Look, it's hard to get there now, but there you go. That's my That's Wakandan, cool. comic Wakandan, not MCU Wakandan, so I'm cheating a little bit. but it's pretty cool, though. My question, so I'm going to cheat.
1: That's pretty great. Don't you want to see that? I, of course I do, yeah.
0: Doesn't, like, the weather fit with sort of the power and the nature element of Wakanda as well. Like mm-hmm. I just, dis- I see that. Yeah. I didn't, somebody please do something cool with storm. Cause she's been so miswritten since everything except the X-Men cartoon in the eighties <laughs> <80s> and nineties. <90s. laughs>
1: yeah. Great choice. Thanks. I think I'm going Umbaku. Yeah. I thought about that one too. Uh, what a great way to kind of complete that character's arc where he came in so hot, right? Yep. Came in hot wanted the throne, lost, but did a good deed, saved the body, saved T'Challa, fought in the Battle of Wakanda in Infinity War to now take on the mantle for his friend, right? And fix the Jabari tribe is now not ostracized and now they are a part of Wakanda, right? They're The
0: Jabari tribe with the Dora Milaje would be one badass army.
1: Yeah. I think it 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 would be a nice full circle with... Winston Duke's really great in that role. Did he play football? Like he had to have. I think so. I, I, I maybe I read that somewhere, but I, th- I think he had like some football ties. But he plays it so good. But I, I could see it, and I think it would really help heal that warring faction of Wakanda. Love it. I would be kind of down for Shuri too, and I think that's what they're leaning into because everything's so familial. I think that could be really good too. And I'm not going to discount the fact that what's Lupita Nyong'o's character's name again. Nakia. That she's pregnant, and she has the new Black Panther, and she's going to carry that, right? Well, there you go. Love that, too. There's a few ways. Killmonger might not be dead either, and he could really redeem himself from this film mm-hmm. and really take on the mantle and do some good with it, right? Oh Yeah. I don't know where we're going with Wakanda Forever, but I think there's a lot of things in play. Well, there's a lot of time they have to show it all off because it's
0: a three-hour-long film, so... Was it 242? You told me they had 242. We'll yeah, see.
1: We'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm I'm excited. And so that comes out this coming Friday, but we're going to give you an extra week to see that film. In the meantime, we're going to give you another Black Panther property, um, but in the form of like a team-up film. So Matt, I've given you full creative control of two entries. You've had all week to think about it and this episode to think about it. However, you've been swayed. Matt, what film are we talking about next week? Civil War. Awesome. We're going to do
0: Civil War. I want to talk about Bucky, and I want to talk about all of the characters in what was the new version of Team Up that was even bigger than Avengers 1. And they're just, I I love that story.
1: And um, yeah, Civil War is next week. Awesome. Cap 3 Civil War. And the first introduction, Chadwick Boseman of? Mm-hmm. So he didn't even get to introduce in his own movie, like he got to be in this film first, the death of T'Chaka's in this, yep. and how instrumental T'Challa is going to play uh, in that film as well. Yeah, Interesting. I can't wait to talk about it. Uh, it's, it's, it's another one that's going to have a lot of really great conversations. And we'll get to talk a lot about how it differs from the legendary comic run that was Civil War, right? Sure. There's a lot of similarities and a ton of differences, and we can get to talk about the pros and cons of how it works within the film itself, Spider-Man's inclusion and, and all of that. But I can't wait to talk about, about that one. It's, it's been a hot minute since I've, I've seen that one too. So yeah, it's been a while for me too. I'm looking forward to rewatching that. A nice mid mid midweek watch. Excellent. Well to that cheers. Cheers. Uh, You get civil war coming to you next week. Go check out black Panther. It's on, uh, on Disney plus check out this film as we gear up for the big release. That that film's going to open up huge. Wakanda forever. It's going to be big. Yeah. Um, but until then I gotta get going I'm gonna go uh, work with some Camino beads to, to help with uh, this little nagging cough that I have Ugh. and yeah hopefully that just you know gets rid of it completely
0: I'm hitting a south bath for my back buddy oh there you go yeah. <laughs> excellent we'll see you all next week have a good week everybody we'll see you in the dark
1: thank you for listening to Rye Smile Films be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts Spotify Podbean Stitcher TuneIn Or if you listen to podcasts and be sure to leave us a rating and a review while you're there it really helps out the show and for rye smile films merchandise go to tpublic.com black panther is property of marvel studios and walt disney studios motion pictures and no copyright infringement is intended until next time cheers
2: for the first time in our history we will be sharing our knowledge and resources with the outside world. Wakanda will no longer watch from the shadows. We cannot. We must not. We will work to be an example of how we as brothers and sisters on this earth should treat each other. Now more than ever. The illusions of the vision threaten our very existence. We all know the truth. More connects us than separates us. But in times of crisis, the wise build bridges, while the foolish build barriers. We must find a way to look after one another as if we were one single
0: tribe. We all due respect, King T'Challa, what can kind a of nation of farmers have to offer the rest of the world?